Marie, I'm glad they gave you a seat. <laughs> um, I didn't hear from Reddy. No. I mean, I didn't. Good evening, everyone. The November 8th, 2023 Loudoun County Planning Commission work session will now come to order. As is our custom, please let us stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you all. Um, Though this is a work session, those who have been following around since July know that we now have public hearings at the beginning of our work sessions. So, members of the public who wish to comment on any item on the agenda may do so at the beginning of the meeting. There will not be additional public comment taken once the Commission begins to discuss the returning public hearing items. If you are in the boardroom, please fill out a speaker slip and hand it to the Assistant Deputy Clerk of the Planning Commission at the end of the dais to my left. If you are participating electronically, please Call the number on the bottom of the screen. Do we have that working? Was that, is the number on the bottom of the screen good? Okay, we had some technical difficulties earlier. Thank you guys. If you signed up to speak after noon today, uh, please confirm your name is on the speaker list as public comment sign up closes after 12 p.m. as indicated on our website. Indicate your name and the agenda item you want to address. That's easy tonight, we only have one. Each speaker will have two minutes, four minutes if you're speaking on behalf of an official civic organization. Okay, now we all know how we're going to do this tonight. Do we have, we have minutes to approve. Do I have a motion? Uh, yeah, Madam Chair, I uh, move that the Planning Commission approve the Loudoun County Planning Commission work session minutes dated October 12, 2023 uh, as presented. Second. Yeah, I have a motion from Vice Chair Combs, a second from Commissioner Miller. Do we have any changes or corrections to be made? Okay, seeing none, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries 702 with Commissioners Hayes and Moderetti absent. Uh, before we get into our agenda items, I'd like to ask for disclosures. If you've got any that you want to make at this meeting, go ahead and turn your light on. I'll work my way around. Okay. Commissioner Kirchner. Oh, of course, you called on me right away. Hold on a second. Oh, well, we'll do Commissioner Miller. <laughs> okay. On October 23rd, I had a call with Amanda Williams from Cooley and Chris Barr and Don DeMarco from Pulte, along with Ben Rose from Bowman, regarding the Tillett um, application tonight. And then again um, today, I guess the November 8th, I had a phone call with Amanda Williams regarding the same application. Commissioner Kirchner. Yes, I had a call, a uh, virtual call this morning with the um, Amanda Williams and others from the applicant team for the Tillis View application. Oh, I'm sorry, and I also had a conversation with Michael Myers um, from the Loudoun Wildlife Conservancy, also concerning Tillis View. Okay. Thank you. Anyone else? Okay, I have one um, on 
Tuesday, November 7th, I had a Zoom call with Amanda Williams and the uh, applicant representatives regarding the Tillett's View application on our agenda tonight. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, I guess we are we are ready. We only have one item, so this is a little different logistically tonight than I'm used to. So uh, we will go ahead and start the public comment part of our meeting. So the public hearing is now open. Uh, the only item on our agenda is Legi 2023-0031 Tillett's View. So I will start with the folks who signed up in advance in person, Asad Chowdhury. Nope, not here. Shannon Detling. Thanks, Chair, Chair Frank and uh, Commissioner. So I'm Shannon Detling. Um, I live on Auction Barn Drive uh, in the village of Waxpool. Um, I, I previously spoke, I think, in a, in a prior hearing, um, but just wanted to reiterate what uh, what I had said. I, I think an applicant um, proposed some updates. I, I don't actually see that those updates really addressed any of the, uh, the prior feedback that I had given. Um, so this site's in, um, you know, my, my home is uh, immediately in Village of Waxpool, immediately south of um, the proposed rezoning. Um, there's, it's in my direct view shed for my house. I, you know, was looking at it this morning. Um, I can see, like, uh, basically all of it um, right now with the tree, with the leaves down. Um, the applicant's proposing, an, uh, you know, R16 and R8 rezoning. Uh, basically everything adjacent to the site is R1 or R4, PDH4. Uh, the nearest R16 is two miles away. Um, it's a totally different neighborhood, and um, the, the transitions from our uh, neighborhood to that one is, are completely inadequate. It will just go from R1 to R16. Um, and it completely changes the, the kind of the nature and the, the property. Um, there's a lot of old, large trees there, part of a single family, you know, two-story farmhouse, things like that. Um, that'll be replaced by a bunch of sticks of condos that are 45 feet tall um, that'll be directly across an interview, um, plus others up the hill. Um, the applicant, I think, had proposed putting in landscaping in the land of our HOA, not even in, in their site, um, but that's not gonna obscure 45-foot-tall uh, townhomes. Um, I don't think it would take decades to grow in as well. Um, and I think that this would not, um, you know, I think zoning ordinances exist to basically protect the interests of existing residents. And I think this change will negatively Im impact property values and infringe on our rights uh, to enjoy the property that we own. Um, also, in regarding traffic, um, other than Belmont Ridge Road, the only one in or out of that neighborhood is going to be Waxpool Road during morning school hours, the traffic both ways along Waxpool Road are already terrible, whether it's to Eagle Ridge um, to the east or out to Belmont Ridge. I, you know, in the mornings we always see piles of cars, um, you know, for several hundred yards um, just stacked up during commute hours and adding 400 homes to that site is gonna basically turn that into a parking lot. Um, and I don't think the, the mitigants around, you know, traffic lights and other things that are two miles away is gonna really make it any better. Um, and I think there's going to be a negative impact also to um, the environmental area around that. There's uh, environmental eas easements, hydraulic soils, wetlands um, that 
uh, this will uh, surely impact. Um, and um, sir, I, your time is up. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, do we have anybody else in person who would like to speak on this item that did not sign up in advance? Okay. Uh, I believe we do have remote speakers signed up. Do we have anybody online? Mr. Singh, I believe. This is Mr. Singh, I'm on. Thank you, we can hear you. Please go ahead. Okay, thank you. Appreciate your time, everyone. Uh, so let me speak. My name is Jagjeet Singh. I live at Village of Waxpool on uh, Parcells Road. I moved here, I have a seven-year-old and a four-year-old. I chose this location for the properly sized student ratio schools, classes, light neighborhood traffic, and the safety of my kids. Uh, I oppose the rezoning to R16. Uh, R16 is not consistent with the surrounding neighborhood. Waxpool Road itself is not designed to handle that level of traffic. If you come out there, you'll already see that off of Village of Waxpool, there is a blind spot turning onto Waxpool Road, so too much traffic would cause accidents there. Um, and then it's also going to push a lot of the traffic to Village of Waxpool uh, parking. Um, and it's also going to create uh, pass-throughs for Eagle Ridge and Mill Run, which to get to Ridgeway, and you already know Ridgeway just added speed humps because of excessive uh, speeding and too much traffic. Um, R16 is not um, allowed for the minimum required rainwater absorption. And it's also, I think there was an easement to get close to the road that they were asking for the developer that was against the um, uh, Loudoun County rules. Um, they also uh, impact the Eagle Ridge student class size. And you know, an R16 is usually closer to a metro uh, or transportation, mass transportation location. Our, this area is not near the metro at all. And, you know, it's also raised at the last meeting that the developer didn't have the land for the single family homes and townhomes, but only the condo land. I don't know if that's changed. I haven't seen any updates. And um, those are my concerns. I oppose this rezoning to R16 is not consistent with what we have in this area for Village of Expo and neighboring neighborhoods anywhere nearby. Thank you. Thank you. Do we have anyone else uh, remote to participate? Nope. Okay. Uh, last call for anyone online or remote. All right. Seeing none, the public hearing portion of this evening is closed. I want to uh, thank the folks who are here and those who spoke because you are an important part of the process. We appreciate your feedback. I'm sure you have other things you could be doing on a Wednesday evening. Um, all right, we are ready to get into the legislative items then. Um, would appreciate, we're gonna, before Bryce, before you start, we'll remind all applicants that we, um, if we need you, we'll call you up to the table, but until then, you can go ahead and um, stay where you are. And Bryce, we're ready when you are. Um, I'm just waiting to be made presenter for the... Gotcha. Uh, because of er the earlier technical difficulties. <laughs> the workaround. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Uh, good evening. Uh, sorry. Good evening, Commissioners. Uh, for the record, my name is Bryce Johnson. I'm the County Project Manager for the Tillits View application. The property subject to this application is located in the Broad Run Election District, is an approximately 
50-acre site located on the east side of Belmont Ridge Road and north side of Waxpool Road. It is adjacent to Waxpool Elementary School as well as single-family detached uh, neighborhoods on the northeast and south sides. The 2019 general plan identifies the property as located in suburban compact neighborhood place type, which is envisioned to develop primarily with residential uses at a minimum density of eight dwelling units per acre. The applicant requests approval to develop up to 407 units. To do so, they propose two separate uh, applications. The first is a zoning map amendment, or a ZMAP, to rezone the approximately 50-acre site to the R8 and R16 zoning districts. This would allow the um, mixture of um, dwelling types, including single-family detached units, single-family attached units, and multifamily stacked units. The applicant also requests approval of a zoning modification to reduce the minimum building setback from Belmont Ridge Road from 100 to 75 feet. Uh, here's an excerpt of the concept development plan, or the CDP. As I mentioned before, the applicant proposes both the R16 and R8 zoning districts. The existing Black Angus Drive marks the boundary between the proposed districts. On the west side, or the left side, of the property would be the R16 zoning district. It's approximately 18 acres in size, consisting of 250 units. This would include the multifamily stacked units, shown in blue as well as uh, 102 of the single-family attached units, shown in orange. On the right side of Black Angus Drive would be the R8 zoning district, approximately 31 acres in size. This would develop with up to 157 units, consisting of 54 of the single-family attached units, shown in orange, as well as 103 of the single-family detached units, shown in yellow. Since the July public hearing, uh, the applicant has made a few different uh, revisions to the proposal. Uh, those revisions are summarized on the screen. I'll go through them very briefly. First, the applicant revised their commitment for an off-site Roxpole Road sidewalk uh, instead of proffering to a $100,000 cash contribution for the county to construct it, the applicant is now proffering to themselves construct that sidewalk. Uh, staff is continuing to work with the applicant to make sure that that proffer is administrable. Um, including discussion about including a cash in lieu in the event that they cannot construct the sidewalk. The applicant has also added a landscape plan for the two pollinator gardens, a 25-foot wide open space area along the eastern boundary of the property, additional tree conservation area, and a berm along Belmont Ridge Road. The applicant is now also now uh, proffering to provide the capital facilities contributions for the four unmet housing needs units. At the July public hearing, uh, the commission discussed traffic impacts to two nearby intersections shown on the screen. The first of these is Truro Parish Drive and Waxpole Road. Uh, the applicant's traffic study identified that if the proposal were approved, th that intersection would have a failing level of service unless a traffic signal is constructed. Uh, the applicant is proffering to construct that signal, which I'll again mention in a, further in a minute. The other intersection is that of Belmont Ridge Road and Waxpool Road, which is more proximate to the site. Uh, there have been concerns about the safety at that intersection, especially in light of active construction projects, uh, including the widening of Belmont Ridge Road. Uh, however, per the applicant's traffic study, the staff does not identify a, a need for additional improvements at this intersection. Uh, we anticipate that once those uh, current road improvement projects complete, that there will be uh, adequate service uh, without further issues at this intersection. So staff would recommend focusing attention to the first intersection, that being Truro Parish Drive and Waxpool Road. 
I will note that uh, one other revision that the applicant made was that the county has the option to direct the applicant to um, submit their traffic signal warrant study for either of these locations instead of just the first. Um, again, that's just, it's still one signal with the option for two uh, intersections to be considered. But again, staff would recommend um, focusing on the first intersection, which does have that identified deed in the traffic study. Uh, for tonight, I want to focus on the outstanding issues first related to the traffic signal. The 2019 countywide transportation plan or the 2019 CTP uh, recommends that applicants be responsible for mitigating their road impacts. Uh, this means that if they are constructing a traffic signal, they don't receive a credit when the signal is necessary for their uh, development. The applicant is proposing to construct the signal, but they are requesting a credit against the regional road contributions. The amount of the credit would be equal to the signal um, minus $50,000 as what the applicant is proposing be their share. So in effect, uh, the, app, the proffers are uh, sorry, essentially capping their regional road contributions at $50,000. Additionally, the proffers specify that in the event that VDOT recommends an innovative intersection control, uh, such as a roundabout instead of a signal, the applicant has the option to provide a $50,000 cash in lieu instead of directly installing the improvements themselves. Um, this means that the site could develop without mitigating the traffic impacts. Uh, staff continues to recommend that the applicant remove the requested credit against the regional road contributions and follow the county's template proffer language for intersection improvements. Additionally, uh, as has been noted before, the existing county policies recommend that regional road transit contributions be made on a per unit basis. The applicant is continuing to make these or proffer to these contributions on a per market rate basis. So staff continues to recommend that these contributions be provided for both the um, ADUs and the unmet housing needs units. I will note that uh, resolving this issue won't have much effect unless the credit issue is also resolved. And that is because, um, again, the applicant is proffering to a cap at the $50,000 for the regional road contributions. That's roughly equivalent to nine uh, units paying regional road contributions. Uh, for those reasons mentioned tonight, staff supports a recommendation of denial to the Board of Supervisors. The proposal is strictly inconsistent with the policies of the 2019 countywide transportation plan. I will note I have Bev Tate with the school, uh, school system and Marie Pham with DTCI here with me. All three of us would be happy to answer any questions you have. Thank you, Bryce. All right, from the commission, do we have any questions? Mr. Miller. I have a question for Mr. Hobby. Is that possible? Okay. Sure, go ahead. So the plan here, calls for eight to 24 units. Um, they're a few units above eight. Um, if they, if the, if their proposal was less than eight units per acre, is that as equally out of conformance with the plan as if it were more than 24? In other words, is that a problem for the county if someone proposes to d develop something below the minimum guidelines that the general plan calls for? Is there some issue the county could be faced with should they approve an application that had, that sat below such parameters? I don't 
<clears throat> I don't believe so. I believe, and I will also defer to Department of Planning on this, but I believe the general plan speaks of maximum acreages. Um, it doesn't necessarily provide or recommended acreages, recommended maximum acreages. I don't think it, uh, my recollection is it doesn't necessarily talk to minimum, I'm sorry, maximum density. Right. Well, in this particular case, it does. Small suburban compact neighborhood calls for 8 to 24. Okay. Perhaps Ms. Marsh wants to jump in as well. So the plan provides recommendations on limits of densities, FARs. If somebody came in with something that was above the recommended between the minimum and the maximum, we would say, okay, you're exceeding what is recommended. We would also say the same thing if they were under. It, I'm pretty sure that we have had or have anticipated applications in the urban transit policy area, closer to the metro stations where we see a lot of data center development. If somebody came in and they wanted to rezone for a data center, but they only wanted to have like a 0.4 FAR, we would say, well, the plan recommends at least a 1.0 FAR. So we would say that you're not meeting recommended densities or FARs, whether it was above or below. But, the, but if someone, if, if they are below the recommended density, could the county be, does the county open itself up for any kind of challenge from an applicant or from, if we're to, in other words, deny, if the applicant came in at seven per acre and the county said, no, you don't meet plan. I think that if staff's recommendation would be to follow the densities that are specified in the plan, I think that the county would be able to say, we can't support this because you don't meet the recommended density. So it so doesn't happen that often where people are saying we want to underdevelop something. Right. And I guess, I guess that my question becomes, that's the challenge we face here is that some of us based on the public hearing want them to go under eight but that would not be in conformance with the plan also. I, As the county attorney would say, every case is a precedent <laughs> and you base each decision on the merits and the context in which it's being proposed. So okay. you would just want to be clear, the commission would be clear why they feel they support or not support the application based on the materials in front of you. Okay. Thank you. Bryce. I was just also going to offer, um, so the zoning ordinance lays out criteria for you to consider. One of those is um, consistency with the general plan. Another is compatibility with what's nearby. So if the commission found um, concern regarding compatibility, that is something you could discuss as well. So compatibility as a talking point, as a conversation point or consideration point, can have just as much weight as density minimums that is up for the commission to consider Again, you, right. you factor in these um points in your discussion and um, ultimate recommendation to the board okay thank you commissioner barnes yes ma'am thank you uh bryce uh, i have a question for you uh when they they want to reduce the frontage from 100 feet to 75 feet. Is that what they're looking to do? Correct, for a portion of the frontage along Belmont Ridge Road. Yeah, and that's a very crucial front frontage because Belmont Ridge is about two lane up there, right? Um, leave right now, but it's being widened. It's, yes. it's be, so what I'm saying, if they need it in future to widen it more, 
uh, it's going to hinder that later on if they have to come down and do a different scenario on the road. That's not entirely why we always, um, the zoning ordinance has that setback. That setback is to provide distance from traffic, whether that's noise or just safety. That's what I'm talking about, mm -hmm. traffic. So they got to have at least 100 feet. That's, that's what we're asking, right? That's what the zoning ordinance requires, yes. Yeah, okay. So I'm with the zoning, okay. Thank you. Commissioner Kircher. Thank you. Um, so, Bryce, a couple questions. Um, so there, there was no change to the um, units um, in that area, in the section there that um, backs up to Belmont Ridge Road. I mean, from the last application to this one. Correct. So, um, so if the number of units there was reduced, um, and then so you would have the 100-foot setback, then they would not need the Z-Mod, right? Correct. They could re reduce units and reorient the site and still provide that setback. Yeah. Um, do we have any idea what that might look like in terms of number of units? Or I do not know the number of units. That, again, um, would depend on the number of units that they can fit into that location. Right now, it's just kind of a block area a for multifamily <laughs> stacked. Um, but also... That's assuming it's multifamily stacked units. If you're reducing units, there's potential to uh, reorient or redo the site design. So and if you, if the commission was to prefer, for example, single family attached units there, that'd be a different unit type, different uh, number of units that would fit. But that'd be, again, based on what the applicant could figure out would work with that setback. Okay. Um, okay, and then another, um, quite two, I have two other questions, if that's okay. Um, so um, I was really interested in what was going on with the stormwater management pond, um, particularly because it's across the road from the Beaver Dam Reservoir and some really valuable natural resources and ecosystems over there and natural areas. And, um, and I think it's really great that they're um, putting in, uh, you know, I was glad to see that there's the pollinator garden going in there. But um, what I think would this is really a terrific opportunity. I think it makes a lot of sense to try to um, strengthen and enhance this really special natural area that we have across the street. And I think one way that that could be done would be to expand the um, pollinator gardens so that it actually went around the stormwater management pond and down into it so you would not have turf. It's an um, opportunity to really strengthen these ecosystems there and the wildlife habitat, and also it will provide much better uh, pollution filtration into that stormwater management pond. Is that something that the staff uh, would feel comfortable with? Um, so expanding the pollinator uh, garden that's currently proposed around the um, stormwater pond, staff right. would be supportive of that, yes. Okay. Um, and then my last question is for a traffic question. Um, if that, if I can go ahead and ask that question. Please. Yeah. All right. So um, the widening of Belmont Ridge Road, that's happening no matter what's happening here, right? I mean, that's... Right. That road is being widened as we speak. It should be constructed and um, it's substantially complete, so it should be open to traffic by fall of 2024. That's what's going on now. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. So um, is there... 
Is there anything happening there, um, like any type of um, wildlife corridor underpasses being uh, programmed into that road? Not as part of the road project. Okay. Is there, was that considered at all? Like, again, this is, you know, this is a great opportunity to, to do some good things um, adjacent to um, the reservoir area there. Yeah. But was that, do you know if that was even considered or? or Not that I'm aware of, but I could look into that for you. Yeah, that would be terrific. Okay, thank you. Sure. Commissioner Matthew. Just to catch up, and you may have spoken to these and I didn't hear it, Bryce, but uh, with regard to capital facilities, they are now contributing capital facilities for the unmet housing needs. Correct. Is that right? Those four units. Does that eliminate that issue? That was an issue at the public hearing. Yes, that, that eliminates okay. that issue. With regard to the regional road and transit, are they still short on mitigating the regional proffers or regional issues? Um, what do you mean by the regional issues? Uh, they were short by $329,000 oh, on that contribution. For the regional road, correct. They're still not they're still providing those contributions on a per market rate unit basis. We're continuing to recommend that they provide it for all units. Right. And then on fire and rescue, a much smaller amount, but are they still short on mitigating that issue? Um, I believe I was double checking earlier. They actually did specify that that's per unit. Um, so I apologize. I didn't flag that for you all that that is now per unit okay and have the proffers been updated for your administrative concerns administration concerns that's uh discussions that i was having with the applicant uh the past few days it just some fix-up language that should be incorporated as this moves on okay thank you thank you any other questions from the commission uh, go ahead mr barnes uh <coughs> Uh, these homes are built, uh, Bryce, uh, up in the single family is closer to the other single family homes. They're already there. Uh, and the high rise, you call it 45 feet, 60 feet mm -hmm. in the front or? That's correct. So on the CDP where I've got the yellow shown, that's the single family detached homes. Those are located so they're adjacent to the um, existing homes. It's away from the already existing development. So. They, they will be built only single family up there beside them. Yeah, so they're proposing single family next to single family. And then the multifamily is more, uh, would be closer to the school okay. and Belmont Ridge Road. Okay. Thank you. If you would like, Commissioner Kirchner, you, you were on first, so I'll give you oh, your second pass. Okay. Um, well, so I want to ask a question um, of the applicant if mm -hmm. there's some things that they might agree to. You may certainly do that. All right. So you just heard the conversation about two things that I'm concerned about. Um, and I'll start with the first one, which is um, expanding the uh, pollinator garden so it actually encircles the stormwater management pond and utilizing uh, some, make sure there's a sort of a minimum uh, inclusion of some species that are found across the street. Is that something that, that you guys could do? Yes, hi, Amanda Williams with Cooley. Um, we did, uh, Bryce emailed us about that a little bit earlier this afternoon and we did look into that and that is something we can accommodate. Okay, so I don't know Bryce, if there's anything that it could be added on some way. Um, we can, it 
depending on where the commission goes with this, we can make sure to capture that in the okay. recommendation. Okay. And then my other question is about um, those units that are so close to the to Belmont Ridge Road, uh, necessitating the um, request for the reduction of the setback. Would you be willing to uh, reduce the number of units to try to move some of them back, so we could so, some could be moved back away from the road? So in that location, um, we are asking for the modification there, as, as we've pointed out. Um, we did between the public hearing and, and this meeting add. We were always having additional evergreen trees, additional shrubs in that location for an enhanced buffer. We are now having a six-foot fence and a five- to seven-foot berm to really try to make that condition um, a good condition for the residents there. The, we, we are maintaining that and maintaining the units. We, we think that this that modification uh, creates a much better project. It, it, we also are trying to address other concerns that we heard at the public hearing, like parking. Um, we are we are at, we are able to accommodate additional parking that was requested, as well as the, the open spaces that we think provide the gathering, uh, the gathering spaces that you need. So I think it's tough for us to say that we can we can remove them in that location. Okay. Can you reduce number of units at all? I think if we could, um, we don't know, I don't think we can say exactly where they could come from. I think if that, if, if the commission would be supportive, um, I, I think to, to remove, I think it's 10 to get us to eight dwelling units to the acre. It, but I think, <laughs> like we've talked about, there was a discussion about this is a challenge because we, you know, we, Pulte was very intentional when we came in with this and, and looking at the comprehensive plan and trying to, to fit all the boxes and really come in with a project that um, was consistent with the comprehensive plan. And we, we do not, we don't want to, if we were to bring that lower, I mean, it's obviously a, we're trying to balance um, uh, the comp. Yeah, it, it, the, we're trying to balance the comprehensive plan and, and, and the desires of the commission and also, um, you know, being being able to have this be an economically viable project and, and then not have the staff come back uh, as we move this on and say that we're not in conformance with the comp plan. Okay. All right. Thank you. Mr. Marathio. Uh, this is for transportation. I just want to understand the, um, the option given the board to select the intersection for improvement or signals or, I guess, alternative whatever intersection is 60 days from the time this application is approved. Am I reading that right, Bryce? Correct. So is that, is it realistic to think that the board or DTCI could make a decision on those intersections or if, in fact, they even need anything on the uh, Belmont Ridge Road side for improvement? Um, I would just say, Commissioner Matthew, that typically when a road opens, what we've typically heard from VDOT is you need a year to allow the traffic patterns to adjust and to see what you would expect to happen out there. So uh, 60 days seems to be a pretty short period of time. It does to me too. Thank you. Um, Thank you. The, from what I'm understanding, and I, I don't know about the wax, uh, the Belmont Ridge Road end of the intersection, but on the Waxpool intersection, the applicant is saying uh, their cost for that intersection or their contribution will be $50,000 for the improvements. Is that basically where we're, where we're at right now? Correct. Right. And then they get regional credit beyond that. Is that the same proposal on the Belmont Ridge Road side? Yes. So that proffer as written applies to it's the exact same. The only difference is or the only change really is that the county gets to decide within 60 days which one we want them to mitigate. Okay. Thank you. 
Okay, um, I do have a couple questions. So I'll start with Marie. Um, and actually this, we may need to, Bev, I don't know if this is a Bev question or a Marie question. Um, it's a road question, but it's a roads in, near schools question. So whoever can answer it, you're, you're welcome to join the party. Um, we talked about there will be a school, schools reduced speed zone limit on Black Angus. Will there be one during you know peak elementary school times, so morning drop off, afternoon pickup on Belmont Ridge Road? Will will we see a like we have on Claiborne Parkway near Trailside, like we have on Ashburn Village Parkway? Um, you know other four lane divided busy roads. I would say Belmont's probably going to be busier. Will the speed on that truck? You know, will we have a reduced speed during certain times? Um, again, Bev Tate with Loudon Schools. That would be a decision by VDOT. Okay. We have school zone speed limit signs installed presently on Black Angus, and so that would limit that. Okay. I just, I think in other instances where we have them on those 45 mile an hour roads, you know, uh, I don't know how long it took us to get those in place and, and what VDOT, what hoops they need, but. It's of concern, particularly because of the northbound travel from Belmont Ridge Road. You know, coming up at speed, I understand it's almost 300 feet from the intersection, but the intersection at Black Angus to the crosswalk is 300 feet. And if somebody's coming off of Belmont Ridge 50 plus miles an hour, makes a right turn, that, that's concerning. So I'd like to have another way to slow them down on Belmont Ridge Road a little bit when we expect we're going to have seven year olds walking across the street. Um, so I, I'm concerned that that's not there, and I don't know how we can move that along, if we can move that along as the county with VDOT soon. Um, Bryce, I think I know this answer, but have, has the applicant officially committed to cover acquisition costs for the right-of-way if needed on the sidewalk that they're now committing to build? So they've, that's part of the discussions we've been having is that it be at fair market value if needed. Okay. So, sorry, I, so um, the discussions we've been having with the applicant is that if they need offsite um, easements for the offsite uh, Waxpole Road sidewalk, that they be able to acquire it at fair market value. Okay. Mr. Miller? Can, can I ask ahead. a question about that crosswalk? And you might be able to answer it. Um, oh, not the crosswalk, the sidewalk. There's sidewalks along the north side of Waxpool, and then it goes to the south side of Waxpool on its way to that little baseball park. Wouldn't a crosswalk, why would a, why would going to take the frontage, right away frontage from those people, because we're going all the way around, talking about going to Eagle Ridge. I thought we were talking about going to the baseball field. So this is talking about going all the way to Eagle Ridge. Yeah. Why does that make sense to go on the north side rather than the south side, where there's already a sidewalk on the south side? Just have a crosswalk to go. So the uh, 2019 CTP does specify that there be a six-foot sidewalk along here. So it's okay, the sidewalk of, itself is planned. Okay, okay. They're again, they're proposing a five-foot sidewalk, so it's not quite to the CTP. Um, okay. But also, again, it provides that connection. So if there's uh, someone walking from units on the north side at Waxpool and they want to walk to Eagle Ridge, they could then stay on the same side of Waxpool Road until they need to cross later. They have to cross, okay, that's why, okay, I see. All right, thank you. 
Okay. Um, and I guess this is probably um, an applicant question. Uh, I found myself earlier this week walking north on Belmont Ridge Road um, and, and got to hear just how loud it is behind the fences and the mature trees and the berms that exist today on the west side um, up closer to Belmont Glen. So, you know, if we're looking at a reduced modif a modification for a reduced setback. Are there, is there any kind of, I guess the berm is probably it, but is there any other mitigation to those units that are right up against Belmont Ridge Road? So as, <clears throat> as you mentioned, I mentioned earlier, we've added the berm and the fence, which we do think will help um, in addition to the plantings. We also have a commitment to do a noise study. So when that, um, when the, for those units, so to the extent um, when that noise study is completed, there, the noise is of a certain level. Um, we, we would be required to then install whatever um, mitigations at that point. So we do have that proffer included. Okay. I, I will admit I thought of Commissioner Kirchner and I was like, I may owe her an apology because I'm like, I always, it wasn't that loud. <laughs> I'm standing there and I'm like, it, it actually could, I couldn't have a conversation at one point. So um, it is loud. Um, all right. Uh, any other questions? One final. Go ahead. Yes. On affordable housing, uh, Bryce, you know, right off the percentage of affordable units in this project, I, I estimated 10 or 10 and a half percent. So, it, yeah, it's 10.57 percent overall, and that's just the way it breaks down between the percentages for the single family and multifamily. And that's essentially uh, the ordinance requirement by mm -hmm. unit type plus the four, four unmet housing needs units, right? Correct. Ten, ten and a half. Thank you. Ten point five seven. I get. It. Thanks. No, Mr. Barnes. Uh, applicant, since you're here, uh, I was talking about the setback. You want to reduce it to seventy-five, and I think that's too close to the road. I, I, have you agreed to put, keep it at hundred feet? We have not. We are maintaining that zoning modification. We worked with staff on that, and we they are supportive. Um, we've added as who is supportive. Staff was supportive of our zoning modification. Seven, yeah, but uh, this is planning commission. We, uh, we we kind of I'm worried about that. I I, I understand that, yeah, and yeah. so we we it, between the public hearing and today, we we did look at that, and we added a, a berm as well as fencing, so that that the condition along that. And a lot of um, kids will be running around there, so. Yeah, so we- Are you gonna, you're gonna fence it there? Or? Yes, there will be a fence. Um, so that will keep, keep kids in and also also serve as noise, um, noise muffling and, and, and visually for- Just for, for the safety of the kitchen, you know, mm -hmm. playing around all Definitely. over. And the traffic is pretty fast up there. Uh, Understood, and we're trying to um, accommodate those, those concerns with our changes. Last call. Feels funny saying that at 645. Okay, all right. Um, seeing no other questions from the commission, we will uh, go ahead and have a motion. This being in the Broad Run District, I will make that motion. I move that the Planning Commission forward Legi 2023-0031 Tillits View ZMAP 2022-0003 and ZMOD 2022-0015 to the Board of Supervisors with a recommendation of denial based on the findings for denial provided as Attachment 1 to the November 8th, 2023 Planning Commission Work Session Memorandum. Second. Motion is made by Chair Frank, seconded by Commissioner Kirchner. Um, 
before I, I don't want to abandon the findings because we did spend a little time talking about it, but we, we just have not mitigated the transportation Im impact at, on this project at this point. Um, we discussed the ZMOD. Uh, I just don't feel the modification is appropriate here. You're up against a four-lane busy divided road. You are right across the street from the transition policy area. Um, I can't figure out why this would be requested except to increase the density of the project overall. Uh, not all parcels fit neatly in a box and can accomplish all the goals in the plan. And I think that's what we're encountering here. Uh, while the general plan does set this as a um, suburban compact neighborhood uh, place type, uh, it's a set of policies and guidelines. And in this case, we are in conflict because if you honor the suburban compact neighborhood place type, you won't be adhering to the uh, plan policy on transitions between the policy areas or compatibility with the lower density that surrounds it. So um, I think that we, 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 one way or another, we're, we're not going to check all those boxes. And uh, I think that what yeah. we have in front of us right now is just not the right solution yet. So um, with that, any comments from the commission? Mr. Miller. So I think this is, this is a very unusual situation and I'm, I'm reminded of uh, the last meeting before this commission and board took, um, were, were seated uh, when another application came through that um, some people on the commission at that time and the board eventually turned it down and said, you know, um, it checks a lot of the boxes of the general plan they just approved a few months earlier uh, met, but it was an awful project. Um, I'm not suggesting this is an awful project, but it was the, the commission voted it through because it met, it, it checked off all the boxes. Um, this one checks off a lot of boxes, but not all of them. And it goes to show that um, sometimes the general plan has unintended consequences, um, contradictions, and inconsistencies. And this is probably one of those. Um, the density issue is interesting in the, in the setback because these are two over twos over there. Um, if they were converted to 16 foot wide attached products, it w the footprints wouldn't change and you would still need the same setback. You so you can reduce the density and still have to still need the setback. Um, There's so many things that um, are unique about this, this site and the time in which it's come to us. My preference would have been to send the applicant along with the landowners back to the drawing board and say, you know what, maybe there's a way that this can work better. Um, and I recognize that there are some things that are out of our purview, such as contract prices and dealing with, with landowners. Um, but at the same time, that's also not a consideration that we can factor in. Um, we can't be concerned with what someone paid for land and the density they need to make that a profitable um, project. So as much as I would have preferred to um, have the applicant redo this so that we could send it to the board with a recommendation that was better suited to the neighborhood. I just, I, I don't believe that the applicant wants that. I don't believe that the majority of this body wants that. So unfortunately, I'm going to support the, the, the uh, motion because I just don't see any give from any of the parties that we can get to a point where this is what we really want. And that includes a look at the general plan. Um, for this particular site, which was kind of shoehorned into nothing like it around it. 
Um, so be, because of that, I'm not going to support it, but I, I think there are opportunities here that if everyone worked together, we could find a solution somehow, but I just don't see it happening in this short interim time. Thank you. Commissioner Kirchner. Yeah, obviously I'm going to support the motion since I seconded it, um, but I just want to say that um, I agree with both of my colleagues who have already spoken. And really I think what happened here um, is this plan, it, it not only doesn't work for the surrounding neighborhoods in terms of compatibility, but also the elements of it don't work for the residents who might be living here. And, and I think that the biggest piece of that is the setback issue and, and thinking about what quality of life is going to be like for the people in those residents. So I'm just going to add that on. Thank you. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Commissioner Barnes. I have the same issues, and I said that before. And uh, I don't think it fits there because it's not goes along with the surrounding development already there. And uh, I don't like the setback uh, reducing uh, at that busy street, uh, busy road. And uh, I think I'll be supporting the motion. Commissioner Matthew. Yeah, I just want to, we, we've approved projects in the past like this with more density uh, and with shortcomings in our capital facilities and regional road. But in return for that, I think most of the time we've, received, we've seen a project that has been more innovative in the area of affordable housing and in other areas. I don't see that in this case. The, the project is, is not mitigating its transportation impacts. It may be meeting its capital facilities impacts now, but what we're getting is the ordinance requirement for affordable housing and essentially uh, unmet housing needs units that are basically market rate units affordable to somebody earning $140,000 a year, so reasonably close to market rate units. So we're not achieving our affordable housing policy. We're not achieving our compatibility policies. Um, and I, I believe a redesign could certainly deal with that particular issue, but at this point, um, transportation, affordable housing, and, and compatibility, our policies are not being addressed by this application, so I'll be supporting the motion. Thank you. Okay. All right. Um, I will spare you all a closing, and we have a motion on the table. Uh, all in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? The motion carries 702 with Commissioners Hayes and Moderati not present, though Mr. Hayes just joined us. I just, I did vote aye. You vote aye? Okay, all right. So <laughs> we have 801. Um, all right. That concludes the legislative portion of our meeting. I will say, um, as we near Thanksgiving, I, I'll, I'll chair's prerogative for a second say, I am grateful. That, that the ZOR is on its way to a final vote from the board, and I'm grateful to staff and, and all the commissioners who worked so hard on getting it there. Um, it will be nice to see that done. And, uh, and Jackie, I believe we have a couple administrative things. We, um, we had Stephanie sent out an email to the commission today about the I legislate password expiring. So just in case people don't check their email, we wanted to remind everybody it will expire on Thursday, next Thursday, not tomorrow, on November 16th. We do have the new password in this email that we sent to you today at 103. So if anybody has any issues logging in, let us know. Otherwise, we'll see everybody um, after Thanksgiving. I want whoever picked that password to be 
punished for it. I, I didn't read what <laughs> it was. It had nothing to do with me, even though that's my hometown. I think the whole chain of command should be punished for that. <laughs> oh, my. All right. Well, on, on that friendly note, uh, this meeting is adjourned.